I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 36. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 71 through 75. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. Okay, so when I was reading these sections, one of the things I thought about was how there are different definitions of the word perfect, Um, right? There's perfect in the essence of not making any mistakes, something that is without flaw, right? And then there's perfect as in the sense of something that is complete, right? Um... I am able to make a perfect drive to the grocery store, right? If I'm able to get from my house to the grocery store, get my groceries, and then come back home safely, that is perfect. Now, did I drive without flaw? Probably not. But is my grocery store experience complete? If I got everything on my list, then yes, right? Um, And so I want to talk about that for a second. So we know that Christ lived a perfect life in both senses of the word, right? In the sense that it was without flaw and that he had a complete experience. And if we look at his life, um, we'll see that he did not have what the world would consider to be a perfect life where it was without challenge. So we know from this, right, that we can look at Christ's life and understand what a complete life looks like? What are all the challenges? What are all of the trials, um, things that we're going to have to face? And not necessarily that we will have to face them in exactly the same way that Christ did. Um, but those experiences and those emotions that we're going, we're still going to go through them. Right. And I've talked about this before. We, there are shared experiences throughout humanity of betrayal, of love, of, um, Twitter patient, like, I don't know, you know, of these different things that everybody kind of experiences, but we all experience it in different ways. I feel like Heavenly Father has specialized lessons for all of us. And some of these lessons are self-imposed, right? Right. Choices that we make ourselves. Some of them are a result of other people's choices. Um, some of them are a result of living in a fallen world. Um, but all of them are necessary for our complete experience. So one of these experiences that we all go through is doubt, right? Um, Or rather, having others challenge our beliefs um, with the motive of either truly understanding or out of a desire to sow doubt inside of us. So we see that Christ go through this in uh, Matthew chapter 4. I looked specifically at verses 10 and 11 where he's telling Satan, it's the end of it, right? And so it's, I think it's one through 11 is the total section, but, um, he tells Satan to basically get lost (laughs) because we're, we're not worshiping him. Um, so as always, I, I think it's important to note that heavenly father doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already asked Christ to do. Um, and unlike Christ, we have our human brains and our humanness that kind of gets in our way sometimes. Um, we have our caveman brain, right? Where it still thinks that we live in a cave and that we have to have all the other cavemen like us or they're going to kick us out of the cave and 
will be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger and will die. Um, but the reality is, is you don't necessarily need other people to like you or to believe the same way you do. Um, you won't die if that happens. And so sometimes we don't share our testimony or don't stand up for things that we believe in because we're scared of what other people will think. Um, to combat this, Heavenly Father gives us Doctrine and Covenants, section 71, verses 9 through 11, and section 75, verses 11 through 12, and 27 through 29. Um, and one of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit was why... Why does Heavenly Father want us to stand against those who challenge our beliefs, right? Like, why would this be a necessary part to our experience? Because um, Christ did the same thing, right? So we know that this is a necessary part of our experience. So I'm going to read, um, it's called Christian Courage, The Price of Discipline. Um, by Robert D. Hales from October 2008 General Conference. It's one of the talks that um, Come Follow Me recommends reading. It says, One of mortality's greatest tests comes when our beliefs are, are questioned or criticized. In such moments, we may want to respond aggressively to put up our dukes. But these are important opportunities to step back, pray, and follow the Savior's example. Remember that Jesus himself was despised and rejected by the world. And so I think it's important to note that we're not going to have what are considered popular opinions um, a lot of the time. You know, we know from scriptures that the saints of Heavenly Father are going to be a peculiar people. You saying hello to everybody? You saying hello? I've got baby Scott on my lap here, and so he's chatting away. He's recently discovered his voice, so, and he's trying to grab the mic. So if you can hear whacking and smacking and baby talk, that's him. He says hi. Um, so I was just thinking, we want to become more like Christ, right? And Christ loved everyone. And it's really easy to love people that believe the same way that we do, that we get along with, um, that have a lot of the same worldviews that we do. It's really easy to get along with them, right? Because there's not a lot of conflict there. But it's harder to get along with people um, who reject you, who reject your beliefs, who challenge your beliefs and challenge the things that you do and the things that you say, right? And um, I was thinking about how when I was growing up, anytime I had to do anything hard, anytime... I had to do anything I didn't want to do. I was always like, oh, dad, why do I have to do this? And he'd be like, yeah, build character. And I kind of feel like in many ways, that's kind of what Heavenly Father is doing, where when we have to do some of the hard things we have to do, he's going, it builds faith. It builds faith. And so I think that that's ultimately what it comes down to when we're getting challenged, um, when our beliefs are being challenged, when we're being asked the hard questions. Um, it builds faith. And I personally have had several experiences where somebody has asked me something and I didn't have answers. And I said, you know, um, I don't, I don't necessarily have the answers for that. Um, but I'm going to walk by faith on it. I, I'm going to walk by the faith on the things that I do know and the things that I do have answers for and trust that I will someday receive those answers if they're important. And if they're not, I'm not going to worry about it. If their answers are important, right? If Heavenly Father needs us to know things, we're going to know them. It'll be on his timetable, but we will we will know them. Um, if, they're, if we don't know them, then maybe they're not as important as maybe we think that they are. 
Okay, um, so I think that a lot of trials come because Heavenly Father is trying to give us the opportunity to build our faith. So let's talk about the plan of salvation for a second in terms of defending our faith, um, which is actually the name of the next little section I want to read. So there's an article in the September 2017 Ensign called Defending the Faith by, I'm going to butcher this poor guy's name, Jorg Klebingat. Klebingat? I don't know. I'm thinking he's from a Scandinavian country, maybe Denmark or Norway or something. Anyway, so he says, oh, I keep sneezing. When imperfect yet striving saints who seek for light are accused of following darkness, when the sweetness of their intent and works is declared to be bitter, is it any wonder that mocking fingers are pointed toward the Lord's restored church and his faithful servants? And this made me think of how many times I've heard stories about people who have um, left the church or have not return to church because sister so-and-so said something or brother so-and-so did this thing or didn't do that thing. And it got me thinking about how important it is for us to go to church and to go to our meetings and to be a part of the community of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because we're all human beings, right? We all make mistakes. We all say things that unintentionally um, offend someone. Um, and I think that it's important to recognize that going to church and um, being a part of the church isn't about being perfect, right? It, it's never been about being perfect. It's about working towards perfection um, and stumbling along the way, um, that we, we go to church for us. We don't go to church for other people. Don't worry about what other people are doing. We're all human. We're all imperfect and messy and judgmental. And we all have these things about us. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that we're there for us. Okay. Um, it kind of got me thinking about baby shush. Quiet son. Um, it kind of got me thinking about how failure, failure is always an option, right? Um, it's inevitable. Um, and it got me thinking about Simone Biles. I don't know if you guys have watched her as a gymnast. She's insane. She's so like insanely good. Um, she's, she's a beast. She's just so incredibly powerful. She does, she has moves named after her because nobody else can do them. And I was actually just watching a thing on her a little while ago, um, where they were saying she doesn't really even compete against the other gymnasts. Like she competes against herself. She competes against how, how did she do in her last competition and how can she be better than herself in her new next competition, right? If that, I hope that makes sense. Um, and I think that a lot of times we compare ourselves to I, other saints in either a we're doing better than them or they're doing better than us, or how could they say that thing? Um, you know, they're members of the church, don't they know better? And ultimately, a lot of, I feel like for me, a lot of my learning comes from kind of staying in my own lane and competing against myself in that sense of 
am I better than I was 10 years ago, five years ago, last year, right? Am I less judgmental? Am I more empathetic? Am I less, um, I don't know, like, am I more likely to spread good words about people than to spread gossip, you know? Um, and I think that it's important to remember that we're all, Heavenly Father isn't looking at us against each other. He's looking at us against ourselves, right? Where we started. And um, we were talking about this um, with family the other day about how if the point of <clears throat> coming to this earth was to be perfect, was to go home to him without any mistakes at all, um, then we would have done, Satan would have presented his um, amendment to Heavenly Father's plan. And Heavenly Father would have been like, oh, that's great. I love that. Let's do that. Because we would have just sat, got come down here, sat down and done exactly what we were told to do and then got home and the end, you know, um, or he wouldn't have sent us at all. But here's the thing. The whole point is that we are going to learn and become more like him. And the only way we can become more like him is to make mistakes and is to try things and is to fall flat on our faces over and over again um, as we learn what is going to work and what is what's not. And I think it's important to recognize that we are all flawed beings, right? And that Christ is the only perfect being to ever walk this planet and that Christ looks at each of us in all of our flawed, messy glory and looks at us and says, I love you so much. I love you so much. I died for you. I took all, I understand you. He gets us a hundred percent. And I think if Christ can look at us in all of our messy craziness and still love us and still want to do all the things that he's done for us, then we can look at each other with a little bit more mercy, you know, and a little less judgment. Um, and I think it's easy sometimes to get on that defensive, especially with either other members who we feel should know better or with people that are not of our faith or people that used to be of our faith that are now judging us or criticizing us or um, questioning why we do this and why we don't do that. Um, and sometimes we have answers for that and sometimes we don't. Um, so let's talk about application really quick. Um, cause clubbing, clubbing yet. Somebody needs to like DM me and tell me, baby, shush. Somebody needs to DM me and tell me how to actually say that. Um, so we're going to look at Club and Gat because he actually has some advice for us with this. He says, prayerfully read the scriptures again and again. Don't merely slip, don't merely sip familiar stories through a straw. Feast upon them. Consider keeping doctrinal study notes and continually adding to them. He goes on to say, remember that even a child can be a defender of Christ on the playground by bearing a simple testimony that you don't have to be a gospel scholar to be a witness of the truth, that you don't have to have all the answers, that it is okay <clears throat> to sometimes say, I don't know, or these mysteries are not yet fully made known unto me, therefore I shall forbear. Um, and I think that that's something to keep in mind that we don't have to have 
all the answers. Like I said, you know, it's important to build on what we do know and what we do have. And I think that the more that we seek, um, the more that we're going to find, right? The more that we're in our scriptures, the more that we're going to, the more that we are in our scriptures, the more that we familiarize ourselves with that language, the more that we're going to be able to recall those and bring those to mind when we're talking to other people um, about why we do this and why we don't do that. Um, and I think sometimes the best answer I can give is when I don't know is I, I don't know, but I trust my heavenly father. He's gotten me this far and I know for a fact he exists. I know for a fact he loves me. And while I may not understand why I can't wear two piercings in my ear, um, I do understand that there is some reason and I'm going to trust him. Um, and especially since becoming a parent, there's so many things where so many times where I don't have necessarily time to explain every single reason why I'm asking my kids to do something. Um, but sometimes later on I can explain it. So I think that's something to bear in mind. Um, but mostly remember that everybody's doing their best with what they have and what they know and, um, you know, show, show a little tenderness towards others, um, and especially towards yourself. And I will talk to you next week.